Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night time. Uh, good night time, that's not a thing. Anyway, this is the Pod Bible podcast, and that was a terrible intro, but it doesn't matter because this is a bonus edition of the Pod Bible podcast. So anything goes. I might just talk about my favourite podcast for 20 minutes. Would you like to hear that? Probably not. Let's get on to what we're actually here to do. As you know, every couple of weeks we have a Pod Bible podcast where we talk to guests about their shows and we talk to people about their uh, favourite pods and they give us some recommendations as well. Uh, this is one of those very rare bonus editions of the Pod Bible podcast. And the reason we have these is because every so often we go through the magazine, we realise we've had loads of great people who have advertised with us uh, who have uh, created adverts for the magazine about their shows. And we'd just like to hear more about them, really. Uh, and we always get a really great variety of shows getting involved uh, in those adverts in our magazine. And today we have three of them who advertise in the most recent edition, issue 15, with uh, Ed Gamble and James A. Caster from Off Menu on the cover. Uh, and we're going to speak to three of them now. So there's no recommendations. It's just three podcasters talking about their shows. But you can take those as our personal recommendations, all right? Three new shows that you might not have heard of, uh, but we think you would like to check out. And three very different shows as well. So let's kick things off today with our first chat. Uh, it is with Vix Layton, who is the host of the Comedy Arcade podcast. And she's chatting to Pod Bible co-founder and co-editor of the magazine, Stu Whiffin. Okay, Ix, tell me all about your podcast, please. Well, it is a comedy panel show and it's got a female host because I made myself the host. And it was just a bit of a gap in the market that I saw. I've been a complete devotee of Radio 4 shows, basically. So things like The Unbelievable Truth, The Now Show, The News Quiz. It's my dream job, basically, to be a Radio 4 panellist. And I didn't see a lot of comedy panel shows cutting through as podcasts but all comedians were doing a podcast in lockdown because that's all we had for attention and I didn't know if I had anything unique and then this idea kind of came to me I did it as a twitch show first a live twitch show called um, comedy roulette which was a bit aggressive because nobody died as part of it but uh, I was yeah I was, speak <laughs> I was doing it live on twitch every week to an audience of tens tens of people and one week the video didn't work and a couple of people said, oh, I would have liked to have seen it. So I sent them the audio file and they liked it. And I thought, this could be a thing, you know, this could be a podcast. And then I got carried away, as I do with most projects. It can't just be a small thing. I was like, all guns blazing. Let's do a brand. Let's do a photo shoot. Let's not worry about the content. We'll, we'll just get it all. <laughs> Let's make it look really nice. <laughs> worry about that content thing later. <laughs> As soon as my mate was like, we should do a photo shoot in Barry Island, I was sold. I was completely sold. So, We, we should actually say what the podcast is called. The Comedy Arcade. Right. Um, <laughs> the artwork, the photos, for, for people that haven't seen it, I mean, go and check them out. They are remarkable, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I've been so lucky because my day job is PR. So I know this amazing photographer who's come to do headshots for all of the big wigs that I've worked with. Mm. And... Um, we became friends quite quickly and I had someone take a photo of me for a news article that I was in and it was awful and I didn't realise how big it was going to be and it was basically the whole page of the Express but I was so excited to be covered by any press yeah. as a comedian that I slapped it all over on my social media anyway so he DM'd me and he was like Vix buy me a pint and I'll do some headshots because this ain't it love 
And <laughs> after that, we kept in touch. So I told him all about what I was doing with comedy. And then as soon as I had this idea, I messaged him and he ridiculous chain of circumstances he knew the picture editor for GQ magazine who was looking to go freelance and he's now studio 1440 and they were looking for projects new projects to demonstrate what they could do so I had the GQ picture editor do all my storyboarding he came to Barry Island with me it was the most surreal thing in the world I am not a model And uh, the the pressure of that day, we hired out this little arcade just on the seafront, real Gavin and Stacey territory. There was nowhere for me to get changed. I had to get changed in the corner behind some fruit machines. (laughs) And it was only when I went behind the counter to get a drink that I realised all the security cameras, obviously they had security cameras everywhere because it was a gambling place. I might as well have just, there's like a very specific website that that is on. I imagine <laughs> me trying to put a dress on and like put a bra on over the top of the dress and pull the dress down. It was, yeah. But oh, uh, the, <laughs> the cover shot, I'm actually in an arcade machine. And I said to the photographer, Jason, at the time, there's no way it's going to take my weight. He's like, come on, Vix, can we get in? It's like, there's no way it's going to take my weight. Without blinking, he came back to me and said, no, I've seen the manager get in there. He cashes up. And the manager, you know, I'm not, not not body shaming anyone, but he was a hefty old bloke. Um, he could play rugby, stocky little fella. So I thought, well, if he's gone in, then then I'll be fine. And yeah. as I was getting out, Jason just admitted to me he completely lied. So <laughs> <laughs> that is a true professional. He wanted the shot. He was like, get in there. And I got out. I was like, I can't believe it takes the weight of that manager, though, because it felt like I was going to go through at any point. And he was like, mm, yeah, so I'm lied like- about that. <laughs> They've broken my spirit. That was on like hour five. By the time that happened, I just wanted it to be over. <laughs> well, so you, you've had an idea to do a podcast. You've not considered content or anything, but you've got some great photos. Um, so... <laughs> I had the Twitch. I had the Twitch show. But that um... was roulette, not comedy arcade, right? That was roulette. But so... it was a similar principle. So I've got a bingo ball full of topics. Right, okay. Let's talk concept. I want to know. Right, yeah. So I um, I listen to so many podcasts. I'm a, I was a Pod Bible fan before this, obviously. But I am a proper, like, I'm a massive comedy fan, I'm a massive podcast fan. And I noticed, I'll listen to anything that my favourite comedian's on. They were, without meaning to, getting into the groove of often telling the same stories. Because that's what people want to hear. How do you get into comedy? What's the worst heckle you ever had? And it's really easy to kind of fall into your old, like, anecdotal material. So I wanted to hear comedians say something different, which is where the idea came from of completely randomising the topics and just letting them ad-lib just to see what would come out. And over the course of the comedy roulette, that was really fun. And you could tell when they were telling me the story, they did not expect that this was the story that was going to come out either. So Sarah Barron told this extraordinary story about her friend in Japan who, like, did a poo in a urinal because she got lost on the way to the toilets and thought it was the ladies. And rather than leave the bar that they were in, she got her partner to go and basically hose the shit away. Okay. Because she was worried she'd left a mess. And he went tottering down the corridor, did that. And she was like, and now they're married. And I was like, well, of course they are. That's the weirdest, dirtiest, most romantic story I've ever heard. But what a random story. There's no way you could... You, there's no way you could cue that up, is there? You could never ask a question that would lead to that. No. And this happens all the time. A lot of the time it is toilet-based, to the point where I might introduce a category that's toilets just to be a self-fulfilling prophecy, because <laughs> it will be something completely obscure, like travel. And yeah. then for some reason, like Zoe Lyons in a recent episode was talking about um, how she needs to go in a wetsuit <laughs> on holiday. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> going through the edits, it's like, is this me? Do I inspire people to talk? Have I just got a face that looks like you want to tell this girl about toilets? Like, well, I, I've got, I, I can kind of jump in on this because I, I do a bit of cold water swimming. And the one highlight of when you're getting in a frozen lake is that little moment when you have a wee in your wetsuit. Because you, you do get you do get that couple of seconds of like, oh, that's quite nice and warm. And then it's icy cold again. But, uh, See, it's happened there again. You go. See? I'm talking about how it happens. And now you've shared yeah. a personal story about winning your wetsuit. <laughs> right. So um, aside from uh, the, the, the guest you mentioned already, who else can people go and uh, uh, listen to? Who else have you had on? Um, you. Yes. You were a great guest. So you were on with Russell Kane and Katie Brands. Yeah. That was a that was a big day for that me. That was very nerve wracking um, for me. That was an absolute win for DMing someone, um, to be honest. <laughs> Which is how I get my guests I think with Russell, I'd message him because I had a friend of my first ex-boyfriend who'd made it big as an actor coming on and I really wanted to impress him so he would take the news back to my ex that I am thriving so I literally just said that I was like Russell I I know we don't know each other but basically I want to make I do a really petty thing to an ex will you be part of this and he sent me the details of his agent like I'm back so (laughs) it's good to see what drives you Vix um, I've done it live a couple of times as well. So I did it live on Mark Watson's um, 24-hour charity marathon show with Mark Watson, which was really fun. Again, he he's a brilliant oversharer. The, the format was made for him. And so with, with that in mind, you know, I always like to ask guests on here uh, about the live shows. Is that something that you're going to continue to sort of, you know, split it between sort of studio-based podcasts or I, I imagine at the moment still a lot of them are going to be done remotely. But... Is the live thing a key part of it as well for you? I think so. It makes a really, really good show. So we did one at Brighton Fringe a few weeks ago, and it was Tom Tuck, who's my season regular, Essence Sears, um, Rich Wilson, and Zoe Lyons, and it was fabulous. It doesn't record well, though. I think they'll always be separate. Yeah. Because when you're playing to an audience, you're doing something very different to when you're playing to a listener. Sure. And that's something I've noticed with the lives before. It's it's a lot more visual. Yeah, you end up kind of bouncing off each other and bouncing off the audience. And I'm not sure that makes for a brilliant listening experience. Yeah. <laughs> you can you, Well, you can find out because the Christmas episodes were done live. So you can go back and see what you think. But um, yeah, the live show, I love it. And I think one thing that the podcast has been, it's kind of been a bit of a cheat code to getting a bit more well-known in comedy, just by virtue of the fact that I'm alongside these comedy idols of mine. People just assume that I'm one of them. Yeah. So I think it's done me the world of good for Ever. bookings as well. Yeah, well, it's, I don't know if I mentioned, PR is my day job. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we've, you know, just to wrap things up, Vix, um, moving forwards, what are the plans? Um, just keep on going. I really am enjoying it. I'm obsessed with the data, which you're not supposed to be. So I'm there. I probably log into my ACAST um, like little dashboard about ten times a day. I'm like, no, don't Who's do listening? that. Who does this? Oh, it's who I am. But I'm I'm always looking for patterns and trends and what's working. So I'm enjoying the science of it. I think, and I'm enjoying the project of because I'm so used to from the day job PRing other people's stuff and putting all my efforts into other people's stuff doing it for myself I think it's been quite nice absolutely so, absolutely words got round and now I've got a bigger pool of guests because the first series was a lot of favors people doing it to to give me a hand and now people like it so you get people that want to come back on so um Joe Coldfield came back on 
um, just because she really enjoyed it. And that is a big win. Like having these conversations with people that I love and respect who I've followed for years, like even if no one listens, I'd probably still keep the the notion going that people were listening yeah. just to be in the room or on that Zoom. <laughs> Wonderful. And it's available on all the usual places, right? All the usual places. Yep. ACAS, Spotify, all the others. <laughs> Wonderful. I ticked all the boxes on ACAS. So, uh, which has been an absolute dream. Like I wouldn't, if the ACAST platform didn't exist, I found it all so overwhelming yeah. as a new podcaster, knowing where to put things. It was just tick the boxes and we'll do the rest. Absolute dream of the platform. So I recommend ACAST to everyone. Not as many people know it as I'd expect either. Right. So I'm, I want everybody to know, and the customer service is incredible as well. Like genuinely, I did not have a bloody clue and they carried me through the first few episodes. So Wonderful. shout out to ACAST. Big love to Acast, always. Big love. <laughs> Vix, thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a joy. Thank you so much to Vix for coming on and to Stu. And uh, if you like the sound of Stu's voice, then you're in luck because he's uh, had all three of the conversations that are going to appear on this episode. Um, so, yeah, thanks very much again to Vix. Love the Comedy Arcade. I think Stu was actually a guest on that. Uh, a few episodes back so by all means go and listen to that uh what should we do now let's talk about the next pod uh this again is uh completely different completely away from a comedy podcast we're going to talk about a science podcast now um and when you think science i don't know if you're anything like me but when i was a kid I went to the Science Museum a number of times. I now have a five-year-old and I've taken her to the Science Museum a few times. It's such a great place to go and explore, really interactive. And of course, there's, there's loads to do there. And they know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. They know their stuff. So it kind of makes sense that they now have a podcast. Uh, the Science Museum group have released a podcast called A Brief History of Stuff. And Stu got to sit down with the man behind the podcast, Will, to talk about that podcast. Okay, Will, please tell me all about the podcast. Sure. With many of us spending quite a lot more time at home at the moment, we thought we'd explore some of the um, really quite extraordinary stories behind ordinary objects that, that you find at home. Each episode of A Brief History of Stuff, um, which is what we've titled the podcast, we look at the, the past, the present, and the future of an everyday item. So from bath toys to sticky tape to the microwave oven and, and vacuum cleaners. And we're looking at their kind of surprising histories and really how these quite ordinary objects that we don't really think about now have uh, changed science or had an impact on, on our world in, in ways that we might not expect. And all um, sort of inspired by the Science Museum Group collection. So uh, we, we care for um, this vast and, and really quite varied collection of about 7 million items um, that relate to kind of science, um, technology, engineering and medicine. And um, we picked kind of items from that that, that sort of inspired the, um, the different episodes of the podcast. Just to tell you a bit about a few of the episodes. So our, our first episode explores how 30,000 bath toys that were washed overboard during a storm um, helped scientists um, study ocean currents. And for that, um, our science museum curator, Alex Rose, um, talked about the epic ocean voyage that the bath toys undertook. And the episode also features um, beachcomber Tracy Williams, um, who's talking about the items that she finds kind of washed up on, on the Cornish coast. Um, and so we kind of covered everything from um, stories of the the strange flotsam that she finds to um, a global beachcomber network and how how we really don't know that much about about the oceans. And so how did the actual concept for the podcast come about? 
Um, I think really it's, um, you know, we, the museums have obviously been been closed for quite a period of time over, over the last year with lockdown and we like telling stories and, and normally we do that through temporary exhibitions and and uh, and the galleries in, in our museums but for a big chunk of time we couldn't do that mm. um, and although we'd we have uh, a lot of online um, stories on our websites we'd not um, really experimented with podcasting before but it was something that that we were keen to try and this so the idea of kind of being at home and wanting to do a podcast and knowing that there's some really great stories there about the things in people's homes that we hadn't kind of shared before all sort of came together and that that's sort of how it how it started and so dipping your toes into the world of podcasting during a pandemic i imagine your 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 first kind of taste of that would have all been done remotely yeah, the whole thing we've we've done remotely. So, um, and we, we we've co-produced the podcast with a, a company called Story Things, who've been really um, really helpful in 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 sharing some of their expertise in in podcasting, which is you know something that I say we've we've not done before. But we've we've used online software to to record the the episodes, and so no no kind of studio recording at all. And although it's been a bit strange, obviously not having everyone in the same room, um, it has meant that that we've been able to to bring people together from Cornwall and, and London or from Absolutely. Manchester and, and, uh, and, and elsewhere that, that just wouldn't have, you know, would have been an absolute nightmare to, to try and manage um, pre, pre-COVID times. So that, that, that has been a, a, a positive. I think it's fascinating that your first kind of taste of it was done in a way that everybody else had to adjust to, like, you know, existing podcasters. So, you know, I think it's really interesting that that was your first taste of it. So as we're now finding ourselves coming out of the strange old situation that we've been experiencing for for what feels like an eternity now, will you then look to try the more sort of traditional approach to, to podcasting or, or have you just found that kind of ease of being able to do it remotely, which obviously as so many podcasters, like long-time podcasters have realised now, what you, you touched upon there of like, oh, hang on, we can get someone from Cornwall in a, you know, in a virtual room at the same time as somebody from here. You know, is that something that you're just continues sort or of moving forward to, to keep it done that way? I think so. So, you know, we've, we've got a few more episodes to, to record for the, the first kind of season that, that we're producing. And, you know, we've not really considered switching to a studio. We're, mm. we're, we're pretty happy with, with how it's worked so far. And I think as long as, uh, as long as um, people's Wi-Fi kind of holds up, then, you know, then we're all, um, we're all good. Wonderful. Um, and we're, what else can we expect uh, from the, the future of the podcast? Well, so we've got a we've got three episodes that are that are live at the moment, and we we've got another another five to to, to share in this kind of first series. So, we're coming up, we we're sharing the the fascinating history of the vacuum cleaners. Um, it sounds dull, but actually, there's some uh, some great stuff in there. You'll you'll learn why we all call it a Hoover, and amongst other things. Um, we're also um, exploring how uh, the search for a death ray um, led to the microwave oven. How the stories behind kind of tin cans and comfort food, the history of menstruation products, because that's that's really quite fascinating and not something that that many people know about, and also how how rulers and the idea of kind of standardising things um, really help build a modern world that you you wouldn't have the you know everything that that we uh, we know and, and use today without um, without standardisation. So that's a, a really kind of interesting um, story to share as well, and that gets us to to sort of eight episodes and the end of series one, and then I think we'll you know we'll take stock at that point and, and have a think about what we what we do afterwards uh, it sounds wonderful Will. 
And um, if people want to go and check that out, are you on all the usual platforms? We are indeed. So you can find us on on Apple, Google, Spotify, and, and many other places. Um, or um, you can have a look on our website, so sciencemuseumgroup.org.uk slash podcast. Um, you'll find um, the episodes and, and a bit more information there as well. Um, so yeah, it's called A Brief History of Stuff. Do have a listen. Wonderful. Will, thank you very much. Thank you, Will. There you go. A brief history of stuff from the Science Museum group. All right. Final guest today. We've done comedy. We've done science. What next? What should we talk about now? Should we talk about music? People will know that Stu is uh, very clued up when it comes to music. His podcast, Off the Beaten Track, features loads of wonderful interviews with all sorts of people talking about their favourite tracks. Um, and now Stu himself is talking to somebody else, another host of a music podcast. It is Carl, who is the host of this week's playlist. Okay, Carl, tell me all about your podcast, please. My podcast is uh, it's called uh, This Week's Playlist with Carl Richard. And it's essentially, well, what it does on the tin, it's a, it's a Spotify playlist. However, I like to think of it as kind of the middle ground between radio and podcast because... Um, it's full-length tracks, which is why it's only able to go on Spotify. And I essentially just sort of talk you through the playlist and talk you through sort of my week as a comic. So it is a podcast, um, but it very much, I think, feels like a radio show. And so how does that work in regards to – I mean, I know you said it's exclusively on Spotify, but explain how that works. Because for somebody that also has a music podcast where I don't play records, I'm, I'm really interested as to – has has it done like in regards to do you record it as a radio show type thing separately and then upload it to spot just the logistics this i'm finding quite interesting basically i've been thinking you know uh, i'm a comic so i'm like right i need a podcast because every comic needs a podcast these it's days. standard but, yeah yes yeah, it's stand, industry standard and um I, I love making playlists i kept thinking oh, how, how how could i combine those things and then literally over lockdown the technologies come out so but you have to make the pod your podcasting host has to be anchor okay because they are owned by spotify gotcha right so well they so essentially what you do is you, you log into anchor um i record my stuff by like kind of garage band and then upload it that way but through Anchor, you can then upload the songs directly from Spotify, place them sort of where you want. And I kind of, I try and do it live. It's the, the illusion that is that it's live, which obviously it isn't. But uh, that's the feel I want to go for. And then you upload it as sort of one to Anchor. And I think it takes a while to upload because they have to check it that you're not playing around with any of the music or anything like that. Or, you know, all the music's got to be um, kept as is. And um, yeah, that's it really. So it's, but it's, the logistics are purely going through Anchor. I mean, you know, we've established that you started a podcast because you're a comic, so that, that you just have to now. It's the law. Yeah. But how did you settle on the, the concept of the podcast and why did you sort of opt towards music? Because uh, music is after comedy. Well, it's up there with comedy, in it, for, uh, for me. Um, uh, comedy is what I do, but you know, music is what I love. I was probably I was a music lover way before I was into comedy. It seemed like the only natural thing for me to do to be like, right, what am I actually listening to this week? And then also, it takes the pressure off me as a podcast host because I'm sort of saying, here's the music I like. And in between, I can do the be as self-indulgent as, you know, as I like. So it's talking about me and my journey in comedy. Um, if you don't want to listen to that, that's fine because I've got Cypress Hill queued up next, yeah. you know? And, um, and what about the concept of guests? 
I have thought about it and I think I will now that things are getting out there because I'd like I would like to have guests on and then you could say oh well you know what's your what you could bring five tunes and we could then could discuss the tunes but at the moment I'm using it much more as a platform for essentially getting ideas out in, in between in between the tracks it's me alone in my room playing radio host and um, I would like to get good guests on, but as it stands at the moment, I'm quite happy doing that. And, and in regards to like what we're seeing as well, just the way you sort of just described that that sort of formula there as to how you put your show together, what we're seeing, and I'm saying this purely as as a podcaster that podcasts about music, mm. is we're seeing and seeing a lot of comedians as well starting to put together radio shows for smaller stations such as boogaloo radio which i know people do comedy at islington radio uh, mm-hmm. soho radio we, we, we're seeing lots of kind of podcasts kind of evolving into uh, radio shows and we're obviously seeing a, a, a big world of radio shows then go into to podcasts but I'm, I'm really interested now that we're seeing it go the other way because every mm-hmm. podcast a lot of comedians podcasts have started through radio shows and uh, and, and and such and, and i'm really liking the fact that it's now these these independent radio stations that are kind of offering people just a chance to go and you know record a show and 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 I guess that's kind of what you're doing in in your bedroom. But I just wonder is that something that you'd ever sort of consider sort of pushing it further out into the realms of you know radio as well? Yeah, I mean you know essentially you could look at it as I mean I've got eighteen episodes now, um, so eighteen episodes. There's essentially there's 18 radio auditions out there. If any uh, radio stations listening, <laughs> look on the Spotify because there they are. There's 18. <laughs> I'm keen. <laughs> I mean, what we're also seeing in the world of podcasting is is live shows, and mm. for somebody that that, that stands on stage uh, telling jokes, uh, obviously the the live arena is something that I'm sure you're very confident within. Uh, what what about a kind of you know, a, a live version of the podcast, is that something you've considered? I had not something I'd thought about the start, you know. It would be quite cool. I'd be cool if I could DJ, mm. but I can't. But I do, <laughs> I do have friends who could DJ. That would be cool. And then, yeah, I mean, that would, that, I could see that, that working. You'd have a little bit of chat and then you, yeah, you spin a couple of tracks. Could be done. But then I, I don't know about that because you either, I know if I want to go see music, if there's someone in between, if I'm like you know listening to some tunes and enjoying it, and then there's some fella breaking it up every two tunes because telling you your witty, witty anecdote, I might think, "Can you shut up, mate? Oh, I fancy having a dance." <laughs> From another perspective, you know, what I mean, once you get into your tunes, you're into your. They're two different modes, maybe. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And so, I mean, I, I'm just fascinated by by the whole concept of this podcast, just how it's put together and, and where it goes. This is something that. When you first sort of spoke to us at Pop Bible, I was like, "So how does that work?" And I, I just think it's really fascinating. I like the fact that it's again taking podcasting somewhere that it hasn't been before. And so, looking ahead now, what kind of plans have you got for the podcast moving forwards, Carl? Well, I do. I will get guests on it. Um, at the you know, at the moment, literally, I'm I'm having my first gig back, um, comedy gig back tonight today. So we're, things are motions going about, and I will. Um, talk to comedians do you want to be on it and i don't know that will change the formula of it because thus far i try and make them all around an hour to an hour and 15 minutes long and it's essentially roughly 50 minutes of music and then usually 15 minutes of chat spread out in between two tracks so i am i'm only kind of talking 
maximum five minutes at a time and then I break it up with the music if I had a guest that would then be a different structure to that because you'd want to get more into the chat so I'd have to think about it but at the moment where I'm thinking about going is um, essentially just building up my rep as a comic now you something you can go hey I've also got uh, if you enjoyed my set go and check out this week's podcast I mean that's really is what it's there for what I think what does distinguish it from radio is that um, even these independent radios is that it's still I can say wherever I want yeah it really is unfiltered you know I mean to a degree obviously yeah. Spotify not gonna have you know anything on there but uh, yeah I can I can make the bleakest jokes that I like and be as uncensored as I like in between and I think I think people like that you Absolutely. know it's um, it's what I want to be like is I want to sell the podcast a sort of you know your mate you maybe come over for a couple of beers and was like have you heard this tune yeah and then in between you have a bit of like irreverent chat that's kind of the idea I, w- I want to be that guy for a bunch of people that I don't know across the internet <laughs> perfect perfect Carl thank you very much Thanks, man. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks. Thank you, Carl, for coming on. Thank you again to Will. Thank you again to Vix. Thanks very much to Stu. Thank you to everybody who has listened uh, for the whole episode and got to this final part. If you enjoyed the podcast, then as I said, it's out every other week uh, speaking to guests about their shows and uh, also having people give extra recommendations. If you are a fan of PodBible in general, you'll probably already know about PodBibleMag.com where you can read more reviews, interviews, recommendations. You can read our magazine, which is out every two months. Uh, and we've just released our 15th edition of that and work has begun on issue 16. Um, if you go to Himalaya.com forward slash pod, we have a podcast series of our own, which is all about how to make a podcast. And if you use the code POD, you can get a trial uh, period to listen to all those episodes on Himalaya. Himalaya is a like a learning platform um, they usually have to pay for, but you can bash all the episodes out in, in just a just a, a day or so for free. So go and check that out. Um, we are at PodBible if you want to get in touch on social media, info at podbiblemag.com if you want to email us. Thank you to Acast for continuing to allow us to be part of your wonderful creative network. And thank you to Buddy Peace for uh, consistently doing great work on the PodBible podcast. Uh, producing and editing and releasing and doing great stuff especially when i chuck a bonus episode at him at the last minute so uh, thanks buddy thank you for listening everybody and we'll see you on monday when normal service resumes for episode 86 of the pod bible podcast goodbye